It's Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM, Chicago's only NPR music station. I'm your host, Biko, the illest coming through your stereo. I got a guest in the building with me, Chicago. She goes by the name of Priya Shaw. She's the founder and executive director of The Simple Good. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I love that. I'm doing pretty good. Feeling swell, feeling well. <laughs> now, Priya, you know, I, I want to start off with uh, with the nonprofit. Now, actually, it's 10 years, right? Yeah. Celebrating. Years. T- Hold on. Let me give you another one. Oh, man. Let me, <laughs> you know, because, t- ooh, 10 years. <laughs> 10 years long is a time. long time. Mm-hmm. So right off back, before we even get into that, like, what were you doing 10 years ago before you started everything? Oh, man. Um, I was working in corporate, actually. Okay. I was, uh, my former life is a, uh, being an accountant, I was an auditor at a big four accounting firm and then actually was a project manager at Groupon when that was a hot startup. And all along, I was an artist in my heart and my life and really building this organization on the side. Mm-hmm. And it really was like a very serendipitous moment where finally I decided to just jump in and take the leap of faith towards my purpose. Now, you say you are an artist. Uh, what do you do? Let everybody know. I'm a visual artist. I grew up doing drawing, painting, mixed media work. Um, and that's really why I've always understood the power of creation mm-hmm. and the process of how we can storytell and express ourselves through the art to really develop into who we want to become into the world. And also the power of creation on how that impacts others. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that we're all meant to create. And that's how we leave legacy in the world. And, you know, like speaking of legacy, 10 years again, it's, it's, a, it's a very it's it's longevity right there. They say after five years, you start to see some traction or like revenue and things of that nature. But 10 years, that's a peak right there. It lets you know you're doing something. And I want to know, like, what are some of the sacrifices you even made to to get to where you are now with the simple good? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's just really being persistent about being true to who you are and what your purpose is, and always staying really true to that. There's always going to be ways to shift from that lane and that path. And there's also not a scripted path to get here, right? But having faith and intention that you are going to figure it out and work it out, it creates a lot of sacrifices in terms of um, who you choose to be around by, you know, how much... um, you know, at the end of the day, actually, a lot of these aren't sacrifices because you're just so full on into your intent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it might seem like a sacrifice to other people. But when you're really moving into your path, it doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you feel it as you go through. But once you get to that certain point, that pivotal point, you understand everything you went through was for a reason. Exactly. And do you have any kids? I do not. Ooh, well, you, you actually do. <laughs> you don't, but but you do. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, for the for for the kids that's within the program of Simple Good, can you at least uh, you know let let the world know what the Simple Good is? Yeah. So it's the nonprofit I founded ten years ago, and our mission is to connect the meaning of good from around the world to empower youth to become positive activists through mm-hmm. art and discussion. And we do that by means of social emotional learning based arts residency programs that we deliver to different schools and nonprofits all across the city. Um, and pre-pandemic, we're actually doing this work internationally as well. You said social, so, say that one more time, social, <laughs> emotional. Social, emotional learning. So that's really the process of building self-awareness and social awareness in order to create 
positive decisions to move towards our possibility. Okay, because I was going to ask you to break that down because yeah. I, I feel like that's a new term. It is a new I term. I haven't really heard that term before. Yeah, and it's a really hot term ever since the pandemic, right, where we really do need more therapeutic means and lens to get back connected to ourselves and who we are so we can be grounded towards moving towards our possibility. Um, and that's, you know, what we've been doing even before it became a really um, hot topic mm-hmm. post-pandemic. Now, you, you said, uh, you know, the program connects pretty much, it, it connects art, it helps youth connect art and discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Through discussion. Yeah. How is that? So, you know, we use art as a means to express ourselves and really explore ourselves. So we're not going into any art program challenging our students to become the next Van Gogh. What an artist means to us is to have the courage to create and tell a story through what you create. And so that's what we're really doing is we're using art as a means to say, okay, this is what I created. What does this say about myself? What is this? How can this impact the world, even in the smallest level of an everyday nuance? Mm -hmm. And how can we build that towards who we truly are? Now, like when it comes to the arts, what specific arts do you all work with? We do visual arts, so drawing, painting, mixed media, photography, mural work. And, you know, it's really the visual arts is my visual medium of art. And so that's what we started with. Mm -hmm. And eventually hoping to move into poetry, music and all these other mediums of art, because they are really just a form of expression that allows us to understand ourselves better. And once you understand yourself better, you can move in a pathway that is beneficial for all of us. And that's really how I believe that we're going to build safe and peaceful societies. How have you seen the impact of the arts with the discussion? How have you seen it, you know, uh, kind of like, I guess, shifting to the to the youth? Like, has it? how has it helped them? We really build resilience through that, right? We're really teaching what are these simple goods that exist within us and around us. And it shifts a positive mindset and a resilient attitude to understand that we will overcome a lot of our life's adversities and move towards who we really are. The challenges, I think right now you see a lot of folks that don't really know who they are and we have a lot of lost folks. And when you have that, that's what becomes dangerous. And so when you really embed into a student and a child knowing that you are born with an inherent good in your life, and you can use that to impact the world and move towards who you should be. That's how we're going to create safe and peaceful communities. And that's what we see in our kids. We see kids that have purpose, have direction, and stay true to that. It's very similar to me, right? I found what was my purpose, and I've stayed true to it, and here I am today. And how did you even find your purpose, first mm-hmm. and foremost? Because you have to find yourself to be able to help someone else. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So how did you find your purpose uh, in general? Yeah, you know, I grew up with a lot of different obstacles and levels of oppression. I'm a woman in this world. I'm a woman of color in this world. I'm also born with one hand. And so at a very young age, I was being told what I was not instead of what I was. And it wasn't until I started traveling, getting outside of my bubble, seeing different forms of resilience that I really started exploring myself and understanding what is good about me. You know, and I realized I'm an artist. I can use that to make people happy. And if I move in that pathway, I'm going to find more truths about myself. And that's how this unpacking started happening, how I moved started in the direction that I did. And I think that we as a society don't teach children what we are. You know, we're always saying what we're not. And we do that as adults, too. And so, you know, I, I once I discovered that for myself, it became like a purpose. It was something within me that I knew that I had to share this with the world, especially other youth that may have been written off just like I was. Now, you you stated that, you know, you were born with, with one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a woman in this world as well, which is already difficult. Yes. You know, <laughs> a woman of color at that. Yeah. Uh, but was, was there any additional challenges you faced even, you know, growing up 
uh, and dealing with certain people. Just people's mentalities, right? Like think that we don't really celebrate how different human beings are born into the world and how we are all meant to survive and we will figure it out. But because we don't see that examples, it limits our thinking about how different folks can thrive in the world. And therefore we create boundaries and obstacles for individuals based on that assumption. And really most of my obstacles have been people's assumptions about how far I could go. And I knew as an individual that I was beyond that, right? But when you have so much of that on you, it can limit your possibilities, your opportunities that people even give you, you know, like just doors being opened because of people's mentalities. And I always at a young age, I knew that, you know, you're not born into the world with obstacles. People create them. But for that reason, they can be overcome. Imaginary boundaries. <laughs> That's what we're going to call imaginary <laughs> boundaries right there. Yeah. This is Vocalo Radio. I'm your host, Biko, and you're listening to my conversation with Priya Shaw, founder of The Simple Good. You know, you, you, you said something that kind of touched me. You, you spoke on, like, the importance of kids at home and in schools. And I want to speak on, like, uh, the teaching the mindfulness uh, of, of the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Like, what's some things, some, some things you've seen from kids having, you know, good mentorship at home and then coming into the program? I think it creates a lot of like grounding, right? And it allows um, a lot of stability for us to set that tone within a student. So, you know, sometimes in our environments, there's a lot of different um, reactors that are happening and kids are reacting really quickly and not necessarily knowing what to do with those emotions. And sometimes it can come out in a negative way. Now, when you have a mindfulness intervention, where we're really thinking about how do we breathe? Right. When we come into those situations, how do we pause? How do we think about something positive? What is that simple good in that moment that we can think of to really regulate our bodies and stay grounded? That's what's really going to allow a lot of negative situations and outcomes to even start from the jump. Right. And when we're able to also support that process and that understanding at home, it allows that to continually to develop into a child. And whenever you have like adverse experiences, it really does impact your body and your energy, right? And so for us to train ourselves at a young age in order for us to know how we react so that we can react in a positive way, um, we continue to build that and that's what creates positive outcomes in an individual. Do you also feel like art helps create positive outcomes? Yes, of course. Art is just an inherent part of the human soul. Right. And it is something that even that's why we don't believe that when uh, that statement of like, oh, I'm not an artist. Everybody is an artist. Right. If you can create, you are an artist. That's a human part of the soul. Right. And uh, sorry, very part of the human soul. And when you see like the history of the world in societies where art is taken away, that's when you have a lot of folks that are lost and not grounded. Right. Because that's really what makes you into a being. And why are arts always taken away? It's a form of control. If you can't feel yourself, you will be able to follow anything that anybody tells you. But when you feel yourself, you are more independent, you're autonomous, you know who you are, you're moving in your path. And that's why art is so important for us to embody in every part of an aspect of life. If there were more art programs out here in the city, um, do you feel like some of the with that that would help with, I guess, violence prevention? Oh, my God. Yes, of course. I mean, honestly, you see our students and they see themselves express themselves and therefore they understand themselves better. And when there is a moment where they couldn't make a bad decision, they know when to stop. 
you know, and we really need to understand that power of the art of just understanding ourselves and using art as a tool and a means to allow for that. And yes, we need to have art all over Chicago. And, you know, when we see different things in the news of students doing this and that, this is a lack of expression and outlets for it. That's a very human thing that we need, whether it's a student or an adult. And when you, I mean, even think about ourselves, when we feel like we're shut off or constrained in any way, what are we going to do? We're going to explode. That's a very human thing. And I think we all need to really come to terms with how we function as beings and how why art is so integral into being an evolved human being. And, and you know, uh, speaking on, on the youth as well, uh, they face challenges all the time, you know, traumatic challenges all the time. Yeah. So with the simple good being around, what, what are some, some shifts you've seen that help them get past the, their traumatic experiences? Really positive decision-making, right? We're thinking about the when we teach art and we te- teach the simple good, we're also embedding hope. That there is something positive outside of this adverse situation that may have happened. There's something that we're going to learn and there's something we're going to move forward with. And I've heard so many profound statements from our students. At the end of every program, we do an art showcase and our students have to present on their meaning of the simple good and speak on how they'll use it to change the world. Meaning that they now know that, okay, there are things that are happening, but I know how to be better. I know how to move forward in a positive direction. And that's how I'm going to make an impact, not only in my life and the people around me. And these profound statements are coming from like 10 year olds, mm. right? You guys should come to our youth showcases. They're open to the public and they are teaching adults things sometimes. You know, we forget how observant our students and our kids are to the world and how much change they they can make. And having that level of expression and understanding of self is what really supports the trauma recovery process. The third step in the trauma recovery process is reconnection. We need to connect to other human beings, establish safety, and connect to communities. And that's how we're really going to be fully healed. And that's how our curriculum supports that. We go through the trauma recovery processes through our curriculum, make it super accessible, and use the art as a function and a tool in order to support our students through those paths. You caught me when you said 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got yes. a 12-year-old at home. Uh, but yeah. I, I want to know, like you said, so what? what's the age range that you all work with and how many uh How many students are under the curriculum? So we traditionally have done third grade through 12th grade um, that we work with. And just most recently, we got funding for early childhood. So now kindergarten through 12th grade is our focus. And the reason why we went into early childhood is because during the pandemic, this was a huge group of children that really haven't been supported. Right. And, And that need is so much so, so critical right now. And so we've expanded our curriculum to support that group as well. Um, and over the year, past two years, we've served over a thousand youth across the city. Wow! Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Thank a thousand you. youth, ten years—it's a lot of O's on there. <laughs> it's and been a lot. Yeah. You spoke on pandemic too. Like I, I've noticed with the pandemic, there's been a shift in like uh, education and, and like knowledge with these with the youth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what, what are some things you've seen change since the pandemic has shifted, not just in a lot of mentalities, but what's something you've seen the pandemic kind of negatively affect uh, some of your students? You know, I think it's a challenge situation where you're not allowing for human interaction to happen for a, quite a period of time. And then now reintegrating them into school setting, a social setting. And what's happening is that uh, students aren't feeling safe. And so you're seeing an increased amount of bullying, fighting, even at a very young age. 
like mm-hmm. uh, third graders, you know, why, why is that happening? Because there's a sense of lack of safety that's happening in these environments. And now kids are reacting and they're not even taught again about themselves and how to control these types of situations. Or that mindfulness. Yes. Incorporating <laughs> mindfulness. Yes. So um, we saw actually our program grow 400 percent since the pandemic because the need for it was so critical as we're getting back into society. <laughs> Look, even though the pandemic brought some negativity, it also brought a lot of positive things yes, it did. as well. And, uh, you know, before we get into uh, the hunt, <laughs> ooh, I can't wait to talk about this fundraiser. But um, <laughs> to know that things started off as a blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Go from a blog to a full running. Or how, do, how did you make that transition from blog to where you are now? Man, that's a great question. Again, it's really about those small things that you do that can grow into something much larger. And the, you know, photography blog was a, something that was created through conversation with friends about these small elements of good that we always observe no matter where we are in the world, right? We'd be traveling anywhere and you always pause for a sunset mm-hmm. and you take a photo. You always pause when you see a beautiful scenery. You always pause when you see an act of kindness. You always pause when somebody's smiling. These are small moments of joy that impact all of us. And we always take that pause because that is what really truly matters, right? And that's truly what connects us as human beings, no matter where we live in the earth. And so I really wanted to create a conversation about that. And that's how the blog started. It was 54 photos initially that shared different ideas of simple good from around the world. Then I invited the public to submit their own. The blog went viral. And it was so amazing to see like this digital kind of phenomenon blow up. But I really wanted people to engage on it face-to-face, one-on-one, and I really wanted youth to be a part of it, especially in Chicago, where we're simply stigmatizing and stereotyping folks simply because what we look like and where we're born. Look, from taking photos to framing a better picture for the youth. Look at that. (laughs) You're listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm your host, Biko, and this is my conversation with Priya Shaw founder of The Simple Good. You know, we were, we were speaking on The Simple Good. We spoke on, like, how you got your, your start with putting the organ, organization together. Uh, but we, we we didn't touch on Hunt for Good. Mm. You know, it's been, this is the eighth, eighth annual. annual. It's wild. Look how your face Time just lit up. flying, right? I, I wish they could see your face <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you say time is flying. I, I mean, it, it is. But how, how has uh, Hunt for Good, how has it helped uh, The Simple Good? You know, Hunt for Good is is such a dope event because it is really an extension of our mission. We're really challenging everybody that participates to find the simple good of Chicago. Mm -hmm. So we do it in form of a scavenger hunt race where you have to do different acts of kindness, wellness, and find different works of art that are across the city, across all our neighborhoods, and you get points for discovering them. But what ends up happening is people end up rediscovering their own neighborhoods and their cities through a positive lens. And there's so many beautiful things that Chicago has and we just don't pay attention to until you participate in this. And it just makes folks look at our neighborhoods differently and how beautiful they really are and appreciate them in a different light. And that all is in support of our kids and some fundraising for their summer programs. How, how does this fundraiser help the kids? So we have a ton of summer programs that need to get subsidized. A lot of um Our program partners can't afford the full cost of programming in the summer. And summer is a critical time that we really need our kids to have engagement, right? Positive engagement and things to do. Um, And so this event really helps make that accessible and possible. 
So, so it sounds like the, okay. So it sounds like there's no cost uh, for, you know, the students to join. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And this helps subsidize things. Yep. All our programs are free for their students and our, their families to participate in the program. And so that's why we do different fundraising events to keep that accessible, you know, and keep these opportunities approachable for our communities. You got to give the date. You got to let people know when Hunt for Good goes down. Yes, it's June 24th at the Willis Tower is kicking off. You mean the Sears Tower? (laughs) (laughs) The Sears Tower? (laughs) That too. But um, yes, it's the Willis. Um, But really, really also excited that we're going to have a medal ceremony at the end of the hunt. Mm -hmm. And that's going to kick off at the fourth floor terrace. At the Willis, and we're partnering with our friends at Funky Town Brewery to curate our first Hunt for Good Summer Art Fest. So we're going to have live painters. We're going to have different breweries, distilleries, restaurants doing tastings on the rooftop. And then we're going to be doing a silent auction then, too. So it's all to help us raise 35000 to support our students this summer. So I'm super excited to get all of our community members together to really rally to support the larger city. See, we've been talking about the youth the whole period of time, right? I heard you say tastings. Tastings, yes. Is that yes. for the grown-ups? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> got to make so, sure. we got some specific <laughs> things just for the older kids, yes. Because <laughs> I am a big kid at heart. I know that's for sure. Uh, but I also want to know, like, what inspired what inspired this, this specific, the title of the fundraise and, uh, you know, you even uh, creating things? What inspired? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really trying to just defy the stereotype that Chicago has and I really don't believe in it. There's so much good that happens in the city and we really need to fight for that good and step one of that is by looking for it and so this challenges everybody to really find the simple good that's all across this beautiful city and for us to not not only acknowledge it but celebrate it and come together as a city to really spread the simple good across the city and that's what you know we are trying to do as an organization and also through this event. See, I think about Easter egg hunt. Like when, <laughs> when I hear hunt for good, but you're searching for good. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, it's going down again when? On June 24th. You say when? <laughs> June 24th, yes. <laughs> and they got wine tastings at the top, y'all, yep. you know, right all, there. All the tastings, yes. It's going to be wonderful. Now, uh, I know you're not the only one working behind the scenes on the simple good as well as hunt for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, shout out the team. Let, let people know yes. about the amazing team that's been helping you uh, with, with the program. Oh my gosh, I have an incredible team of fierce women. It's a women-led organization, a BIPOC women-led organization, um, and so it's a team of amazing five staff members and our teaching artists that are on the ground implementing the program and really doing the production of these events. So we're a small but mighty team um, that all is really passionate and dedicated to our mission. So please do give them a shout out because they are the reason why I'm even able to be here today. That's why I was letting you you shout them out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, for extended help, you got to let people know, like, how they can help you all out if, you know, you accept donations, the site. Yes. Yeah, how can people help and contribute? Please donate, seriously. (laughs) So on our website, thesimplegood.org slash donate, like I said, all our programs 
we subsidize them to keep them free and accessible to our youth. So donations are the long, strongest way to really allow that to happen. Um, we're always taking also volunteers. We're always looking for artists to support our events and perform and just give back and also come to the classroom to show an example of how art is real to our kids. A lot of our times our kids don't see examples of artists, especially artists of color, doing their thing. And so it's super impressionable when we allow guest speakers to come in, um, when artists are coming in for the students' final showcase. Um, to really show that example of what's possible. Do you remember the first artist that, that stepped in and, and did what they can? Oh, man, I've had so many. Um, I know Sam Thousand is one of them. Sam is. He's a good friend of <laughs> ours, and he's been doing it from the jump, spreading the simple good with us. So, yes. That's really. a good brother right yes, there. Yes, I Actually, I got, I got, I'm going to throw some Sam up yes, in here. I got to get my dance on his trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to let people know how they can follow you as well and stay in tune with more details that, you know, and, and updates as well. Yes, definitely. Please follow The Simple Good on all socials. It's The Simple Good. Um, and then you can also, you know, check out our website, thesimplegood.org. And that has all the information on our programs and also how you can bring the simple good to your community if you have children or you have a school nearby we can come and uh, deliver programming to you and that's what we're about is partnering with different schools and nonprofits to bring our program um, to all of our communities here in Chicago and y'all mobile yes Hallelujah. we are here to make it happen okay so as simple as possible yeah I like that I think I, look I think we gotta do a term right there I appreciate you for even taking our time to stop by Vocalo and chop it up with us about the simple good about hunt for good it's been a pleasure Priya thank yeah, you thank you for having me and yeah, helping spread the simple good. Look, June 24th, it. it is going down, okay, at the Willis the Tower. The Willis Tower, <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs>